Welcome to The Director's Take, a podcast where we explore how you go from directing something with your mates to being the most senior decision maker on a film set. I'm Oz Arshad. And I'm Marcus Thomas. And we are both writer-directors at the beginning of our TV and feature film directing journeys. The pathway doesn't exist, so we are going to do our best to help bridge the gap. Hello and welcome back to the Director's Take, brand new episode. And today we've got another amazing guest on. One of the key, key, key relationships you'll have on a film set, there's like a little trifecta going on. It's the DOP, it's the director, and it's the first assistant director. That's like the trio. So today we thought we'd bring on a first assistant director to break down what that relationship is, how they help you, and how you can get the absolute most out of them on a film set. Someone I've worked with before on my own shorts, but he's worked on Haircut of Kobe Adam and No More Wings. It was a short film as well with Abraham Adiemi. In the TV land, he's done uh, Dreaming Whilst Black and most recently on Bridgerton, I believe. Also in the feature land, doing the wonderful Blue Story with Rapman and the upcoming Pretty Red Dress by Dion Edwards, which premiered at BFI London Film Festival. So today we've got Stephen and Irayetan. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Thank you. So yeah, we thought we'd bring you on because thinking back to way back and me going to do my first ever short which I spoke about at length yeah. on here no exposure the producers were always like we should get a first AD to run the shoot because it will save you lots of time and I was like no 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 I do corporate shoots myself and I run them it'll be totally fine <laughs> and I went across and did it and I remember throughout the whole thing the sound the sound recorders like what we're we doing next what we're we doing next because I just wasn't telling them and it turns out first ADs are really 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 important and I've only learned that the, from the more I've done so we thought we'd bring you on to kind of get that information out to people who may be up and coming and to kind of also figure out I think we saw it a lot in Game of Thrones like the biggest thing we learned was the relationship between the first AD the DOP the and the director how important that is and just being in the rooms all throughout prep because they're the people that they are your communication pipeline I think yeah we wanted to get you on and for you just to tell us what the fuck is a first AD what is a first assistant director? <laughs> you know, what? It, it, it's such a uh, an interesting one, and I've I've heard so many people describe it uh, in so many different ways. But for me, um, uh, a first assistant director is someone that is um, in charge of scheduling. Most of the times, in charge of health and safety on set, and then when we're actually on the floor, the person that runs the floor. Um, so by that meaning what shots we're doing, um, what 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 the setup is, what actors are needed, what extras are needed. It, you know, um, our first AD knows everything, should know all the other HODs on the floor and is the communication tunnel to, to everybody. I like to look at, you know, it in kind of two ways. You've got the holy triangle. Mm. On, I'll look at that as your, you know, first AD, DP and director. And then you've got the holy square. And that's when the producer comes yeah. in. Yeah. And, you know, the triangle and the square, um, most of the time they're slightly a little bit of a war with each other, but when there's synergy between them all, um, because the first AD also kind of bridges that communication with production. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, you know, with smaller stuff, it's more about time and, you know, what kind of making sure that, you know, everything is running smoothly. Hmm. But the bigger stuff, it's money. Um, yeah. And you know what? You could just be shedding loads. So 
yeah, I guess in a nutshell, it is really having uh, outside of stadium takes really takes time off the schedule, um, and then on the floor is literally you know communication to everybody, and also, I mean, there was this phase, you know, the person that cracks the whip. Yes, in terms of you're that person that usually keeps things moving, but to be honest, I think the bigger stuff gets. It really does need to be a bit more of a collaborative process because there's just so many things at play. And then the cracking the whip becomes less of cracking the whip. It comes more about communication and, you know, what what you've planned in prep and executing that through. So, but yeah, an AD is, you know, the overview of everything and the, the voice on the floor, basically. Because that's what it is, isn't it? I think, like, if if a whip is having to be cracked, it means that something's gone wrong in the build-up. Like something oh, has yeah. gone wrong in the communication process somewhere because it's already most, too late and people are having to be rallied and moved. Most definitely, most definitely, and and you will find that that, um, yeah, you know what I what I even really love about about this is you know that middle journey in between you know what how much prep you can actually really get on you know such a short film, yeah, um, and then how much prep you get you know on on a feature or on TV. I mean they're completely different and you know what they all need tender love and care they all need good amount of prep and proper scheduling um it's that one thing that you just can't avoid throughout so yeah i mean most of the time yeah that that term comes in just because you know what prep hasn't been done well yeah or they've just been you know little prepping another day yeah crazy stuff happens Stephen, <laughs> if i was a if, if, if there was inexperience right and and i had a script and and you were there and you said you need a first AD and I said no I don't need a first AD what would your answer be other than be quite dickhead other than that what would your answer be to sort of like to... <laughs> I definitely will be muttering that in my head <laughs> my answer would be my answer would be uh, do you want to organise everybody or do you want to see your vision through um, because the job is such an integral role and the better I've become at it, I felt like the the more creative or the more more free the actual directors have been. So I'll be saying to you, look, I mean, this is a very logistical role. And if you are a creative, you know, you know, focus on creativity. I feel like maybe sometimes new directors that I've worked with always thought, Oh, you're gonna step on my toes. Um, or you're going to come and tell me what to do, or you're going to come and tell me I can't get all these shots. Um, and I really understand that. First. I, I, I understand that a lot. So sometimes you don't want someone coming in, but you know a, a good first is going to allow you to execute your vision um, at this very beginning level. And these are the big, these are the well the, the beginnings of you know your film career. It is where you know what you should be taking as much risk. You know, trusting your taste and on making mistakes and allowing someone to just do all the organization for you. So, I mean, it's quite hard to, to explain that to new directors that have probably gone off and shot yeah. a few things themselves. Yeah. Um, but I, once they slightly scaled up, yeah, I, I've had people like, you know what, just literally chuck it all on me. And, and not that they've gone and sat down on the chair, but they've got so much to think about. Yep. They just need some space to breathe and think. And then all of a sudden you've got, a, you know, an actor that wants to talk to you about story, 
but all you've been thinking about is how many shots you've got and the time and with the producer and then catering. It's like you haven't yeah. even been able to spend time with your actors. Mm-hmm. Um, so there always comes a point where the director's like, you know what, here you go. Um, and I've, I've, I've worked with a few that have been really, you know, hold on very tight yeah. to the, the schedule and everything that we're doing. And then when it comes on a the day, they're just like, here you go. Thank you. Because um, that's so, what it is, isn't it? It's like if you want to if you want to be a success, I'm using quotation fingers, if you want to be a success in the industry and, and be a working director and work within a system, you can't just run around and float about and get shots here or move there and yeah. actually let's face this way because it's better. Like all that stuff needs to be planned and then all of it needs to be communicated to between 30 and 500 people, <laughs> depending on the scale of the production that you're doing on. And how are you going to do definitely. that? Like Most some, if you're trying to do that yourself, it's going to get dropped. But your whole job is to make sure that your vision is being communicated. And I think what that, as you're saying, it frees you up so that, okay, I've got one hour to do this. What can we do in one hour? What do we need to achieve? And what what shots are the most important? And what would we need to cut if we start running or like losing time and thinking in those terms? Because that's what kind of directing is right at that high level, isn't it? It's problem solving. Most definitely. Well, I, I remember starting out and I was really, really, really excited about now uh, first in my, my first short film. Um, I don't know, I've been trying to think what it was, but do you know what? quite a few of them come into my head. And I never really, really knew how much... Uh, I learned how to use movie magic and I mm. learned how to schedule and I learned that from YouTube and I bought the, the program. It was absolutely a dream. It made so much sense, and I think you know, from you know, Ferdin uh, and, and and running, I had a good understanding of what I needed to do. But then when I was speaking to directors, and then they were presenting me a shot list, and you know, it's like four eighths of a page, and they're like nine shots. I'm yeah. putting nine shots in there in the beginning, thinking, yeah, we're gonna make, we're gonna, you know, try and shoot like you know, uh, on on the first day almost like 29 shots, close to 30 shots. Um, yeah. But actually one of them, need, we need to lay track and we need to do this. So I was like, I wasn't even aware myself of actually, you've now got to learn a few other skills before you even just start to, you know, just slap a few things down on the schedule. And yeah. then when you've, got the, when you've got a director that's never worked with a first, yeah, we're going to do this, 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 this. And I'm like, yeah, 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 yeah. And then you go into the floor and then it's just like, this is an issue. Lights are not up. You know, we're not dressed yet. Or do you know what? Well, when we rehearsed with the actors, it felt so much better here, but we designed the shots this way. And then all the problems arise. And then it's like, sugar, like, you know, we're scrambling on how to fix it. And, you know, um, yeah, giving, allowing the AD to suggest, you know, setups and shots and, and, once you've created your shot list, just to make sure that they fit in time and allow Unity to go back. I mean, this is one of the most hardest things for new directors. I I always experience is that I'm not trying to tell you how to shoot your scene, but you sent these shots. I've asked, hey, are these? Can I have a wish list? And then can we have a, a, a list where we're trying to you know con- condense you know some things down into three or four shots. And I think that for them now becomes, hey, you're trying to sabotage the film. So on on with a script, 
a script just for like audience members, depending on where, where they're at. Um, a script is usually one page a minute, right? And in the industry, you break them down into eighths of a page. Um, yeah. So you might see on on like a schedule or call sheet, it might say like three and three eighths, and that would be like three and three eighths of a page. Um, yeah. So typically you'll, you'll be doing anywhere between, depending on what level and, and uh, show you're working on or film, between what, three to seven pages a day, depending on what, like, but typically yeah, it's around if- four. Um, typically, if it if it's yeah, if the budgets are quite high, maybe you'd be doing max three, yeah, a yeah. day. You know, there's some day you can do like half a page, depending on what the actual shot is. Exactly. Um, but on on most shorts, and then most people's scripts kind of raise between ten to fifteen pages, and you're probably going to get a a three day shoot. Um, you could be doing you know four to five pages or five and a bit pages a day. Yeah. Uh, which is like you know. Uh, if you're looking at a three-day short and you're doing five pages a day, you know, one day in the third of your film. So, yep. uh, yeah, it, uh, you know, trying to explain that um, new directors or directors that have really got a strong vision that they must stick to is very challenging just to get them to, look, if this is the constraints that we're really in um, and we're doing these five pages today and your script is 15 pages, you must be able to tell your story or, or, or a third of your story in one day. And I, I, I mean, I still to this day think that's so savage and yeah. um, it's so hard regardless on, on, on your experience. Um, yeah, but that, that's like, was, do you want to get, do you want to get the, the story or do you want to get some fancy shots? That's what it comes down to. Right. And I mean, only one of them is, is going to entertain an audience. So Totally, most definitely. You've kind of answered it. Was how how do you, Stephen, navigate like directors who might have like nine shots, and you're like, look, you're not going to get nine shots. But I guess that's something that, depending on the level of the person, that would be done in prep, and whether you're there in that in that prep. Yeah, and, and totally. And you know, it's taken me a while to get to a point where if there there's nine shots, uh, and I know we've got uh, you know two two other scenes with nine shots in. I'd be like, hey, look, we are setting ourselves up to fail. And I feel like now I've got the confidence to be like, hey, look, what is your shot list? And now I can start to talk with the director and the DP about their shots. Most times, uh, most of the times, the DPs are usually with me and and, and supporting uh, the director to make sure that, you know, we're all making the right choices. So that is what I feel like, you know, and that's when that, that you know that, that that magical triangle really comes in but again if, if it's a new director definitely used to shooting a lot of stuff by themselves i mean we can spend like a good day just convincing and looking mm. at the shot list and you know drawing scribbles and looking at you know blocking and you know uh it's usually very helpful when the dp and then the producer comes in i mean yeah i'm quite a diplomatic person so now I would never let a director go into a job thinking that that's going to work. I, I will definitely make sure that I, you know, lay that out as much as I can. And once I know that, you know, what I haven't gone through, my next tactic is the DP. Usually they are very aware that it's not going to work as well. Uh, and if they are, bit, you know, slightly delusional as well, producer come in. <laughs> and then we now need to like, hey, look, this nine shots needs to be three. 
So throughout the whole day, where we're shooting three scenes, like in all, we're going to probably get 10 to 11, maybe 12 shots. But yep. we must be able to tell this scene, uh, moving three shots, and that's better for you. You get more takes. Um, as a director, you get to tweak a lot more. You know, it's less pressure on lighting and, and all, you know, trying to make sure all your setups well. It really just guides them so much more in that way. So, yeah, I, 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 I to be honest, I've spent a lot of time convincing and, and you know, to be honest, same with the DPs, same with the producers, convincing the director, look, make sure, look, I know this shot might be great. You might have this great overhead shot, but what are you really trying to say in there? And, you know, sometimes no one wants to hear that from an AD because, you know, when looked at logistical characters, we are, but because we are looked at logistical characters, you know, use us to, to get as much time for you to be creative. And that's how I like to try and spin that kind of um, notion back to be like, no, no, we are, but you also need to tell this story. So this is what I think you should do um, or prioritize these first. And if we're in a magical world where we sneak on one or two more shots, let's have them down as a wish list. Um, but I mean, yeah, it's funny saying that now. I, I Yeah, just something I shot recently with a commercials director who's very experienced. Uh, he had things laid out in beats. So, you know, and, and storyboarded in beats, not in shots. And it was so difficult for me and the DP to try and convince him to play off in the wide, sort it out in the mid. You know, this character really has a beat here. You know what, if you want to get, you know, close to really get that, does that tie in? Do you see it in the mid shot? Can we read that? Do you need to go and close? And we will spend like seven to eight hours just on the phone to be like, this is how we want to shoot. But again, a very, very experienced commercial director. But the first uh, narrative short on the day, he had just had a shot because when time ran out, time ran out. So, you know, he just didn't like the fact that he couldn't cover the scenes the way he wanted and he thought it was too basic. But, you know, but, you know, when he looked back at the tapes, he's like, everything's there. But, he wanted this and a move. I'm like, that's not the craft. Welcome to short film land. Yeah. This is the thing, isn't it? People don't, um, I think a lot of it comes down to because the knowledge isn't out there of, of exactly how to, you should be shooting, setting up, like rehearsing and then covering the scene. Everyone's thinking shots first, shots first, shots first. And they're not thinking about story and the performance. Everything is off the performance. Totally. I also think it's very hard because now you, you, you've you worked so hard to get this short made, you might not even get a rehearsal with your actors. Man, like you've planned all these. Again, it's two things. It's great to have sometimes a shot list that is really, you know, I like to say it's a guide. The shot list is a guide because if you haven't rehearsed with your actors, I want to give you what, 15, 20 minutes to rehearse for them in the morning. Mm. Then you're going to take five minutes to try and see if your shot list works. If it doesn't, you now need to create something on the spot with your DP. Yep. And then this is where we, I'm, I'm going to come back to this because experience really kicks in here. If you haven't shot a short before, how on earth are you making these decisions as a director and you're feeling confident that you're telling the story in the best way possible? Um, and then, yeah, you, you now have to be able to problem solve or, you know, your time is always going down. So how do you now navigate um, your shots on, on how you're telling the story, knowing that you've not even rehearsed with your actors before? Like that for me is 
it's brutal. Yeah, because yeah. actors can come in and be like, mm, I don't think I'd do that. Or you might want to be sitting down rather than standing up. And then of that course. immediately fucks everything, immediately. Literally. And then all of your Literally. shots, which you've planned, all 38 of them suddenly don't work. It's like a <laughs> and house then of cards, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So it's like everything, you should be thinking about like performance first and then building off of it and be flexible in, in, in that sense, yeah. It's how fixated you are on, 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 on your sequence in your head. And, yeah. and yes. one thing I wanted to ask you, Stephen, was obviously you've talked about sort of like, you know, the the challenges of trying to convince a director who might be fixated, whether it's down to ego or whether it's down to inexperience and control. But how do you go about kind of the personal side of it? Because in order to get a, to get around a director, there has to be an element of I've got to trust Stephen and I've got to know that he's not attacking my creativity or my ego. How yeah. do you navigate that? Because it is a bit of an eggshell situation. Yeah, I. you know what? It's, it's a brilliant question. That's a brilliant question. I think for me personally, I'm quite uh, a soft AD. And I think a lot of directors like working with me because they know that I'm, I'm the type of person that's going to push to do the creative stuff. And how do we find to do where, you know, your vision, which is got to be time consuming. I'm the type of AD that like to try and push to do that. Um, there are some other ADs that, and I remember running, were just so stoned. And you know what? No, you don't have the time. It's rigid. It's set. So going to answer your question, ah, man, I tried to be just as honest and, and as open to trying things as much as possible. Um, I tried to listen as much as I can. I also tried to, I really like to, to read a script. I really like to ask questions. Sometimes there's stupid questions. Why are they doing this? Why that? What does this mean? And I just like to get a bit of an understanding of what the director wants to to do. I hope then once I'm starting to break things down, you know, with the team and everybody, that they feel comfortable. There have been times where directors haven't been comfortable and been like, you know, hey, you know, I, I'm with their guard out throughout the whole job. Um, I've had, you know, it, to be honest, it's, oh man, it's so hard convincing directors that, you know what, you're not here to sabotage them <laughs> or, you know, I, I, I can't, I can't, I just, I think for me, I really just tried to, if that's what we say that we're doing, I want to see if we've got time for it. Here's what I've come and worked out. I think we can approach it in this way, but that means you can tell this and try and do this. I don't know about that. I think for me, usually I, I get to the point where I constantly let them know that I'm there to, to push their vision. I, I've seen it a few times. I don't like to interrupt when it when someone's like, well, um, I want to shoot this and I want to shoot that. And I really try to make sure that all the shooting, all the decisions is the directors and the DPs. I always try to make sure I'm interrupted when it's like, okay, that's fine, but we only have time for this. So can you go back and make another decision about what we have time for? You know, I, I don't be like, well, no, you've got to cover it this way. And I've seen it done before. Actually, to be honest, in my early career, I've done that where I'm like, well, actually, no, guys, we've got an hour. We can definitely squeeze in, you know, that wide and that mid. You know what? Scrap the rest. Well, you might not want to cover the scene in the wide and the mid. You might have wanted to, you know, do everything close and it might just be magical. So it's like, you know what? No, no, you don't decide shots. That's completely not my role. I have to say, look, guys, well, sadly, after the shots that we've got, we've now got, you know, an hour left. 
That's a good what point. What do you man. think, that you want to do? That's a really good point. So it's, it's yeah. Trust. I mean, it's a great question. It's so hard. I guess I'll throw this back to 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 you guys. What happens when you're working with a a DP and you start to feel like you know what creatively, uh, you're not really feeling you know what their approach. How do you how do you get you know what you need or what you know from the DP without without just severing the next however many days that you need to to be working. Like how do you guys navigate that? I've personally only had good collaborations with with them, um, but I'm I I feel like I'm quite a visual. I was I learned all the technical stuff first, so like mm. visually, I, w- I always like learned from like starting off by thinking about shots. So when I, I mean I spend a lot of time with the DP, like planning everything out really and thinking about every move. And I, I won't say that I can speak their language fully because when it comes to lighting, I'm I'm limited. But in terms of like what the camera is doing and what we're capturing, yeah. Yeah. we're always on the same page. So I've only had good collaborations on that front. Because I think they sense I'm not full of shit, but I'm I'm sure it's going to happen at some stage where I'll be forced to work with someone someone else, and yeah, that you don't really know until you're in the war with someone how that's going to yeah. go down. Yeah, I was speaking to a director actually yesterday um, who was telling me that they were on a on a a TV drama of some kind, and I said, "How did that go?" And they said, "I was at loggerheads with the fucking DP." And he, and and they said wow. that I wasn't even gonna. I actually he goes I, when they found out who the producer when they found out who the DP was gonna be, they actually rang the yep. producer and said I don't want to do the block, and the producer said you mad. Wow. And then he they, they, <laughs> the producer said to them wait twenty four hours and then and then they did it and they just they just said he, the, the, the 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 DP wasn't a nice person at all. Like they they they, they, they tried to out him on the radio like and I'd never ever spoken to them before. And I, and I really felt sad. Wow. I really felt sad because it was like he had to do that block because he's early in his career. He had yeah. to do the block, but he he, he said everybody else is his, his first AD, brilliant. Everybody else was was ace. And, wow. I, and like Marcus, I'm very fortunate that I've not had that experience. To be fair, okay, um, okay. Uh, where I've where I've actually I've had it once where I really got on with the person, but I just thought this just weren't very good. Um, but and and that was fine because I was like, okay, I've made a decision. I've got this DP. It's a failed decision from my part, but I really get on with them. So at least it's not going to be a fight. <laughs> you know, okay. I'll just accept their limitations I, and work with that. Yeah, that's interesting because I, I always feel like the AD, we're slightly just a bit more disconnected. Um, so if, if a, you know, if a director doesn't like an AD, I mean, nine times out of 10, that AD is gone in, mm. in the real world. <laughs> I've mm. seen it a few times. Uh, and um, yeah, I, I've always kind of just yeah, it's so hard because you are really there, really trying to you know make sure yeah, you kind of get that right. And if the the relationship and that part and and that trust just doesn't get there, then it's like you know it's like a shut a shutdown throughout. So yeah, it's tough. It is tough. I mean, one of the things that like Marcus said at the start was how it was eye opening. The weight in gold of the of of the first AD on House of the Dragon, all of them, yeah. And yeah, I think that I think I think my worry is now going forward, is because I know pretty much from that what we saw, we saw it, you know so much, we saw it for like 120 days, we saw and we saw it in prep how invaluable they were. Going forward in our careers, I damn hope that our first ADs are, are as good, because if, hmm. if they're not, 
it's going to be like, well, I, I, you know, they need to be of that because the first, the director's, the director's wing person is the is the fucking first AD. You are not going to be able to. Sh- you yeah. are, you can't direct. You cannot direct without your first AD. You're fucked. Yeah, totally. So, and and I think that relationship really, I, it's a relationship that I still feel is not spoken enough about in the industry. So I worked on. You, know, you mentioned normal wings with um, with Abraham. Yeah, Abraham, Abraham the writer. He had an amazing uh, DP, Ola Kaladi. Mm-hmm. Uh, amazing producer, Abi Rafa, and I think it was exec by uh, Fiona Lamptey. Um, power team right there. Yeah, power team <laughs> right there. And I remember speaking to him in, in prep. You know, I and I, I commend him because there was so much honesty. And he just like, bro, I'll be very honest with you. I have no clue what I'm doing, they told me you're the guy, uh, I'm going to just do everything you say, help me. And he was just so like, like I mean, he's lovely, but he was just so open and so, so, so trusting. That's that. incredible though, isn't it? Because like, because then from that point, it's then like, okay, I can help you and you're willing to take on advice. Whereas if the archetype of what a director is, is they're all powerful, they run the entire project and they're like the voice of everything, the voice of God. And so yeah. like they, they can't feel like they, they don't know anything. But like because he's kind of made himself that vulnerable, then all of the sort of mistakes, which you can kind of stop them before they even start. Yeah, thousand percent. That's incredible. And, you know, I, I think during prep, he would, you know, we didn't have much and we had a couple of chats and he's like, yeah, okay, so I need to do this, so I need to do that. Uh, you know, he was asking me, how do I talk to the actors and how do I, like, you know, like, you know I will stop and we will all stop. You know, no, 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 that everybody can work it. I'm like, no, we'll all stop. We'll go out the room. Really? Yeah, then you talk to them and, and make sure you're happy first and then you tell Amazing. me to bring everyone in the library. And he just looked at me like, oh, well, okay. And it was so funny because on the, on the first day, we had a lot of trying to redress this uh, morning shop. Um, I was like, no, the actors are yours. Like, he's like, oh, you know, they've been. I was like, no, you and DP and the scripting writers are in there. You guys just work out the scene the way you want. And, you know, you're just like, oh, okay. And then he was like, no, seriously, I get it now. I was like, yeah, no, seriously, when you say you want to do something, we've already got the shots the way you, we've spoken about it and we roll out. Now it's a case of, I want to say, look, you've got this one's time. And once you're finished, I'm coming straight in tonight, make sure we get the shot. Um, and then obviously, we, we, how do you do? We were running out of time, then we had to push or rush through things. And he's like, oh, I really like this, and I really like that. You know, I'd be like, yeah, but you're going to get that in that clothes, and you're going to get that in this. And he'd be like, oh, okay, cool. Uh, and, you know, he was really just allowed to focus on the performance. And he's like, Steve, I really want to go again because I want to change this and do this. I was like, mm. yeah, sure. And he's like, oh, okay. So I think for him, <laughs> even though he was, I think he really felt the pressure. Just, you know, everybody stops and waits for him to to say, you know, happy, good, move on, yeah. blah, blah, blah. And that was like really daunting for him. But, you know, Olin created that environment. I'd be creating that environment. I created that environment just enough to be like, actually, I'm like, to treat with it, you don't really need to know much. I think for me, personally, your new director, if you're fortunate enough to get a powerhouse of a team or, you know what, get someone that you trust that can shoot it and light it well for you and design it well for you, the next thing to do is focus on, on the actors. Yeah. and try to make sure that you've got some sense of time. I always try to tell directors, have some sense of time because, you know what, pressures, especially on the shorts, come from every angle. 
And then, yeah. you know what? You're the only one that really, really loses out because I will definitely stop lighting. And then, you know what? I'm sure it's going to look great anyway, you know? But mm -hmm. then if you haven't got the take, it's almost useless. Just have a bit of an inkling of time and understand that you might not, you know you've got three hours left. Don't try and get fixated on this insert that you know we really need. It's rough. Bang, shoot it. We won't. Yeah, you can get an insert anytime. <laughs> Worst case scenario. Yeah, you know, so it's, it's, but I think that was a prime example of I know nothing. I'm fortunate to have a good team. Here I go, help me. And then, you know what? No, you just need to focus on the actors. And then he had that space. And yeah, I mean, the short done, done really well. I mean, it was a, it was a really great script to read. Yeah. So that was, I, I, that's a nice, I mean, I've, I've been on a few jobs like that where directors have been completely honest. Well, I, I think that's the whole thing, right? Is, is, what you touched on is about performing as a director. So I think what we saw on Thrones a lot and what I experienced a lot from doing bigger and bigger shorts is there's an expectation for you to perform. And I don't mean that in terms of like to do the job of a director. It's like to do the job of a director in front of lots of people all the time. Oh like, my gosh, as yeah. you're saying, it's of like course. there's all, all you're making decisions which are kind of like lodged there forever and etched in stone. Yeah. But also yes. you're having to make that sometimes like in a heartbeat and with like 30, 40 people waiting and watching for you to make that decision. It's it's a level of pressure which you can only really sink or swim within. And I don't think people realise when they're starting out that that's what they're getting themselves into. Um, and that's where people can fall down is is making those decisions in in those rooms. And even as much as like, uh, communicating a vision in rooms full of people all the time even if you've just thought of the idea oh, I was thinking about doing the scene like this and doing that it, you're always performing and we saw it on Thrones all the time like you're never not around at least seven people um, yeah. yeah in a room and you're having to yeah. always it's like public speaking like for like weeks and weeks at a time you, you mentioned that that vulnerability which which um, Abraham showed you also worked with with Kobe Adam um, yeah. on on haircut which was his his bfi funded short which kind yeah. of catapulted him into being yeah. one of the the one of the greatest up-and-coming directors in the uk tv industry and beyond yeah. in the minute so you had abraham at that point not to compare people because everyone's different but with with kobe could you see at that point how his preparedness or could you see how he could then scale up his process from from there or yeah definitely Definitely, and um, yeah, again, completely different directors. It's a, I, I don't know if you guys have, have, you know, touched on this. Directors that have done film school and directors that haven't done film school, I'm looking at that journey between them. Um, Kobe came into the room, you know, with a few shorts under his belt, uh, with a very strong vision. Kobe, very, very passionate guy, very passionate, and. We had, uh, his DP was Joel Honeywell. Hmm. Uh, uh, again, Top an amazing, DP. yeah, an amazing DP. Um, and I remember meeting them in like around like, you know, North Greenwich area going through shots. And I'm like, yeah, this is going to be amazing. It's going to be great. You know, we, we speak about the shot list and what they were doing. And yeah, they, they had a really tight, tight vision. Um, coming to the shoot things uh, arise and we couldn't get the place dressed in time we couldn't get access to the place on time then we had to it was two night shoots and things got uh, broken some things weren't working 
and we had a really really slow start to the shoot again things that just happen on jobs um i think even i think kit was even late so as we were shooting um there was just a bit of a, a good clash between Joel and 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 kobe hmm. and uh it was a, a really weird weird environment but what i really loved about it is that both of them were just pushing for the best and actually you should be doing this and yeah, we wrote this down on the short list, I know, but look, from the blocking, this, do this, do this. And, you know, they had that very classic, uh, you know, director and DP kind of, like, battle. Anyway, um, Joy, the producer, again, absolutely again, a legend. Flying. Yeah, like a yeah. Power, yeah, powerhouse yeah. team. Um, you know, came in and moved past myself and I'm literally like, what is it that you want to do? And, you know, she really fortunate people like, look how we did at the time. I'm like, look, we actually can get it. Like, we just need, I just need to be yes or no. And then something magical happened. Like, they both stopped talking. And, you know, <laughs> and uh, we'll block the scene. <laughs> we'll block the scene. And then, like, Kobe will be like, I, I see it from here, here, here. And Joel will be like, nah, it's here, here, here. And then Kobe will be like, okay, let's try yours. And then mm. we, we 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 shut it, and then Joel's like, "Okay, we've done that. We've done that. Yeah, but you're right. Your shot from here works, so we shut that." And then they just had this really amazing collaboration. I imagine that's that, all it took. But that's all it took. It just, it just A bit of compromise. <laughs> Literally, it was. And I think you know, I both of them I were used to just dealing with pressure but really had strong vision. And they just at that beginning bit, you know, when everything has been so nice. Yeah. And, and then now it was like, oh, well, no, I don't like that. You know, no, I don't like that. Yeah. And then it was like, oh, and I'm just like, okay, this is new. Uh, but yeah, we came back and, and it was like, a you could hear a pin drop after, after they'd done a rehearsal, like literally a pin drop. Mm. And, you know, um, yeah, this, this, this. Okay, cool, fine. I'll try yours. Oh, yeah, but yours is good here. Now that worked here. And <laughs> so, no, we shot... should do your coverage. No, we should do yours. <laughs> <laughs> no, <laughs> it was quite, uh, it was, yeah, you know what I mean? And, you know, the bromance afterwards was, was amazing. And why I said about film school uh, directors, I just feel like they've probably been in environments more where they've been able to be, to, to one, either just do a bit more clashing with creative people. Uh, and they understand the importance of, of collaboration. Yeah. And sometimes if you're a new director coming in and you haven't had that that training, you're not quite sure if that's a safe space. And you know what? It is a safe space. And personally, I feel why the film did well was because they started really listening to what you know someone else was saying. And then, yeah. you know, all of a sudden they were working together in this really weird silent way of okay yeah yours is better than mine and okay yeah that does work actually it's about the work yeah and that yeah. for me is uh, yeah i mean and you know i'm so happy you know it's done so well for you know i mean both of their careers are are, are, are doing amazing and uh, yeah i mean if you ever get him on this you know ask him about the haircut story uh you know steven didn't go into it but he should go into it a lot more all right, we'll dig it. We'll dig him out. I've seen that a few times where directors and DPs have had this bit of a bit of a, a niggle to to how to work together well, and some and most of the time, 
you know, they probably have have had a lot more experience. Yeah. And they what when they come together it, it really works. So it's um, it's entirely normal though. Like I I mean yes, it, it yes. happens all the time. And I even I was listening to the Team Deacons podcast the other day, um, with Damon Chazelle and he was saying yeah. the exact same thing. He had the like proper beef with his DP in like a really, wow. really extreme way. But they kind of came through it and then you look at the results of what they're both going on to do. So um, when you're in like a creative environment, everyone cares so much and everyone invests so much. Totally. Like totally, it can it can get like that if 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 kind of um, egos can get in the way of compromise and, and whatever else. It's quite weird because jobs just come to an AD. If you look both, you look both back at your careers and look at the you know some of your earlier shorts. Do you feel like your progression or the, your style of working with an AD has changed? Now that you you just you you're maybe you know more confident or you know actually I wanted to try certain things on this one I couldn't so you know what I knew I struggled and I never had no time on this one but I'm trying to be more ambitious yeah how how do you guys approach you know trying to scale up or or you know doing or, or just yeah really just putting your voice on things knowing that it might take a lot more time. And you might just mean more from your AD. Yeah. Do you have a question? I think I think that um I think one of the things that, that, that came to light from Thrones is how much scheduling is actually part of your creativity. It's an extension of your creativity. It's not just about thinking about amazing yeah. shots and sequences. You have to take into account the scheduling as well, and that's part of your job. Yes. Um that is something that I didn't know about before. Um, cause I'm, I'm, I did go to the NFTS for a little bit, but, I, and I did, I did the version, I did the first version of the course that you're on now. Um, okay. the very first one. Yep. Um, so I do have an, an understanding of sort of like the film school thing, but not as much as other people. And I think that, um, what I know now, yeah, like we were talking about it before you came on, um, about how it is an advantage for directors to have a scheduled mind, scheduling mind. For me, that was part of the reason why I wanted to do this podcast because I did the full MA at the NFTS and great course. You're saying like you get thrown into lots of situations where you have to figure stuff out. I think even on Swing, there was one time uh, we ran out of time on one day and we had to pick the shot up the next morning and it didn't interrupt the next day. There was ways of doing it, but um, they don't they don't actively teach you about scheduling there at all. They don't sit you down and be like, this is how many shots you can typically get in a day and this is how much you should dedicate to each scene and they, they just don't you kind of just get thrown through it um so there was times like so on the retreat i'd planned to get like maybe nine shots in probably about four hours which with a professional crew might not have been impossible because it was it was kind of just like one scene but lots of shots but with a student crew and we also it was the first time we had a student ad um it just went completely tits up it was probably more than nine shots to be honest um and we we kind of lost like three hours to a steady cam shot which is great but it's not the story um and i had to cover the whole like end sequence in like four or five shots um and do it in about 30 minutes but that's kind of the pressure of what directing tv and stuff is because on short sorry you you if you're bringing a first ad on it's because you've done most of the prep yourself and you're bringing them on to kind of doing a bit of build up and then the shoot itself because you don't have the money to pay them Um, and so you don't really get a close sense of that relationship whereas when we're on thrones like we're watching 
the ADs next to them through even when they're like storyboarding and coming up with ideas because then immediately they're making notes, making notes and be like, okay, they've said that um, they want this actor to be using, like drinking from a cup in like Westeros. So everything has to be designed. You can't just like pull something from the store. Yeah, of course. Like, so they will then take that little piece of information which you've just done as like a throwaway comment and then they'll make a note of it and then filter that information out to the prop store if they have it and if they don't can it be designed and then that's all going off in the background just off of something you've said so it will be there ready on the day so you have the options and then you might have a show and tell which will be organized off it will be added to your it will be added to your sort of like weekly schedule of a thing to do and check that out so they'll design something and they'll show you options you'll be like this works this doesn't work for this reason and then you make a choice and then you'll go there on the day then you have it there I wasn't aware of that stuff until I'd been and seen the whole thing because, I mean, it's it's not even uttered and the information isn't out there. So, um, and also, do you remember Marcus as well? Yeah, like, in, invaluable in, in, when we when we were in uh, in our office and um, Claire Kilner's AD, Nick and Stephen, like, there's a massive sequence in episode nine, right? It's really and and they had these really elaborate storyboards, and he spent a whole yeah. day the AD chopping them up, putting them on the wall and working out the shot list so he could schedule them off that. And he was yeah. putting the storyboard yeah. on the wall. Like, the yeah. director wasn't involved. It was just the AD. And I was like, fucking hell, like, yeah. what's he doing? He's, like, cutting up the storyboards, putting them on the wall. And we said to him, what are you doing? He goes, trying to figure out the schedule so I can I can put these shots into days. Like, I knew you guys were important. It was until I'd been there and seen that experience on the show of that size and the amount of people involved. They are the ones that make the whole thing move it's it's yeah yeah it, it's i remember just being on on bigoting and i was on the second unit and um the ad again had some uh storyboards had a video of one of the ball sequences uh, and we were just scribbles on where we want them to walk down here and um, trisha brooke was directed want them to walk down here she can turn her she can do worse she can you know, and then next minute she like okay, I went up to um, I feel like it was like me, yeah, like a like a, a model role in you know, the house, and okay, well this is what we'll see, and you know, she just needed something to to visualize what shots could come, you know, uh, you know, so that one you can put them in order, yeah. make sure we're not turning around as much, um, you know, make sure that you know it's, it's the impact on lighting. Uh, having the essays, okay, when to call in all the dancers, when to call in the musicians, what she can give to us, the second unit. And it's just like, yeah, you know, when it's so big and there's so many elements in there, yeah, well, there are times you just need to either cut something up, build something, and just have a little model or something visual of why, yeah, you could get stuck. And then having to do a turnaround, yeah, I mean, you guys know, turnaround is what? Turnaround is not, you know, a short turn. Turnaround is a turnaround, and yeah. you avoid doing that, you know, as much as possible. Yeah. Um. Or you pull it in the right place, so so it makes sense. We should talk about turnarounds. Is is like when you're so for me on no exposure, it was me and like a crew of four. Um, yeah. And so if I wanted to shoot in any direction, it was four people just moving like three or four bags, and then yeah. you can do it in five minutes. That's fine. That's n- nothing. <laughs> If you're trying to turn around on Game of Thrones when there's literally like 700 crew and like production crew, bags, trucks, lorries, trucks, yeah. it's 
like cranes essentially yeah. you need to plot that in because it's going to take half an hour minimum yeah um yeah so it, it's you get all of your coverage in facing one direction and then cool we're going to turn around and then you get all of the um the stuff facing the other direction and it's yeah if you're not on top of that it can cost you a lot of time because you can't turn a back around <laughs> yeah a lot of time and a lot of money yeah and i think yeah that yeah you really need to I think for me, the, those are the fun bits about shaking it. Um, those are the real fun bits about shaking it. It's, you know, at most 80s, we get a little kick out of, you know, like, yeah, completing the day and making sure that our crazy little plans work. Um, and then, you know, you've got the shots that you want. I'm like, you know, you do some dissatisfying thing. Like, you know what? Why did my plan work? Or, you know, what little cogs, you know, oh, that needs to get fixed. Or, you know, um, well, it's really, it, it is really satisfying. And if that's not done, and again, this is where I'm like, you know what, one for, you know, the Holy Triangle, like, fine, it's okay, you know, what, we can get that. But then this is where the square comes now, and the producer's like, how on earth are we now in the middle of a day? It's not lunch, and it's a two-hour turnaround. So yeah. what, the, what the hell do we do then? And why is there nothing scheduled in there that you could be shooting? Again, for me, as... As a third, it's it's so important that I have a good third. Um, I don't know if you guys really get to yeah, see the yeah. thirds. They're like, you know, they, yeah. you know, they are working so hard to make sure that what we've got third coming up can be done at that time. You know, uh, the actors are, are almost ready. You know, what well, special effects has fixed the rig that they needed, and that truck that was there. That you know, if it's not moved now, it's going to get backed up behind all the other trucks because we're now turning around and it's going to be in place. So if that's not moved and, you know, they're really, you know, kicking ass and, yeah. you know, trying to get people to, 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 to you know, join that, that, that puzzle. Which doesn't sound like a crazy thing, does it? But like, if you lose 10 minutes on every single shot you do throughout a day, you're losing like an hour minimum. An hour minimum, And across yeah, a almost. week, that's five hours. And that's, that's half a day. And, Sometimes yeah. on a set, it can be like some friends potentially. Don't know rumors. Yeah. Who knows? It could be around two hundred and fifty grand a day. Um, <laughs> so you've literally yeah, burned it, up all that money for nothing. Yeah, it, totally. And I think it's quite a weird one. Um, I remember um, when I was running, I always wondered why are the ladies so stressed, and why you know what they're pulling up their hair, they're throwing the schedules down you know, the effort and blinding. I always wonder, like, what is up? And, and then, you know, he, they usually have this very calm but fierce demeaning, you know, producer coming, you know, that would give them a little whisper or give them a little bit and, you know, what, then going back, you know, screaming and, and figuring out, oh, my God, how do we put this in the cost report that, you know what, we've lost another half an hour today. So in total that week, they've lost half a day. And half a day with a massive crew, that is, and it, you, you'll probably earn a hundred of fans. And yeah. it's so crazy. So uh, yeah, I, I think there's a lot of pressure that aliens take on. That sometimes, you know, imagine having directors feeling. Now that they haven't completed and, yeah. you know, you need to pick that up and, you know, you're a new director and, it needs to yes. ultimately work and not be shit. 
Yeah. <laughs> and creatively be a bit cinematic otherwise. But also giving a giving yeah. a shout out as well to second ADs because the amount of shit they have to fucking deal with and then there might be an actor like, nah, I've got to take my, my dog to the vet. Yeah, but we need you in at this time. No, nah, I'm not doing it. What? <laughs> I'm not doing it. What? Yeah. Yeah. Just respect the AD team. Bro, seriously, please do because yeah, and actually like the they're the whole side of actors that, you know, uh, directors don't see but seconds really <laughs> you know some some like i i've had seconds um have a moan at me in front of an actor and be like thank you because if they didn't have that moan at me what they would have to do for the actor it's like they're playing they've got to play so many games yeah you know what i mean and and, and hurdles and you know, oh what are oh, they keeping me again oh but you said that the schedule's changed and having, you know, I've got this appointment and I'm doing this. Oh, you know what? I've been in this makeup for too long. I'm feeling uncomfortable. I want to, you know, and it's just like, yeah, it's like, oh, yeah, yeah well, the schedule's changed. And yeah, uh, uh, Charlie Killick, who I, I worked with on uh, Pretty Red Dress. Oh, man, he was uh, a dream and just so clever. Uh, you know what? Really paying attention to, to the actors. You know what? trying to speak to me in front of the actors as a way to be like, I told you, yes, Stephen, you really need to change. And he, he would either needle me in a good way or a bad way just to get an actor on board. And once the actor's on board, he's like, wow, okay, so you, we can schedule that or we can keep them in this costume or now they're taking like an hour. And I don't know, well, you know, Charlie said, look, if I'm ready now, I can go. And I was like, yeah, well, if you are ready, yeah, let's, let's shoot. <laughs> You've got... I mean, having a good AD team is so important to the shoot. You know, I'm not talking about your floor runners, your your, your base runner. Yeah. You know, your key second. You know, like just having a solid AD team makes things and makes the operations just a lot smoother. You know, bringing actors to set and actors are feeling a bit, you know, trippy or a bit, you know. They've got their tea, they've got a bit of warm water, and they're just, no, oh, please come sit here. And they, they're just being directed well. Yeah. It just takes any confusion from away their head. They're allowed to think about things they need to think about. If people need things moved or done quite quickly, and yeah. you've always got a willing runner or fur, that's always just, I'm just like, yeah, it, for me, it, it's annoying because I'm, I'm constantly changing my AD team. But I feel like when I work with a team, well they always get stolen on on on, mm. on the massive bigger jobs and then you're just always like fighting for for like a, a good one good seconds it's so hard to keep a good second because once yeah i mean if someone finds them they're gone forever mm. Mm. Uh, and, and, and birds i mean first that really like work with you don't always try to do you the favors but again they just go so yeah man shout out to the ad team runner are, are, are really solid and you know a lot of them do i to be honest when i first got into the aiding department uh i did struggle to to bond with people mm. uh because the teams were just teams and they were just like you know and and, and i felt like they're, they're not they were like why do you one out uh but they just like working with each other and they trust that they're going to do the jobs well yeah um and then and then it's a bit hard to kind of infiltrate and get in there but yeah, I mean, I was going to ask about that actually, um, about why you chose to go down the path of an AD, and um, did oh, you wow. did you like encounter any resistance? Because um, I've you're you're the only 
black first assistant director that I've ever met. <laughs> I'm not sure how many there are, whether you know uh, many, but... They, um, they, so, you know, I, a little history. Um, for me, I I used to go to this gym in Newcross Gate, and uh, a friend of mine that we used to do legs together um, was a DP that went to NFTS. His name's still Williams. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were just chatting, and I was like, ah, oh, a lot of my friends were shooting music videos at the time. So I would help them out with that and, you know, pick up the camera. You know what? I'd end up semi-directing some of them. Mm. And I didn't even know what I was doing. It's just like, yeah, they got a camera and we're on a block. Like someone, you know, what, what looks good. So I ended up, we, we were training one day, doing legs. I was like, oh yeah, I really want to, what it's like, you know, shooting like a short film or, or a music video commercial. And I was like, I'm really into that. And like, you know, so yeah, I'm, I'm, thinking about finding ways to kind of get in. I had a few friends, but I was like, and I was trying to introduce me to people. He's like, no, what? I, I'm a cinematographer. I was like, I didn't even know what that was. But he explained that to me. And he's like, yeah, do you want to run on a set? I was like, yeah, I'll be a runner. He's like, no, all you need to do is make people tea and coffee and do what anyone told you to do. So still brought me on to, uh, yeah, a music video. It was a, a, a Bollywood music video. Ah uh, man, it was one of my best experiences ever. Like mm. I remember getting there and um, you know, there was loads of cables on the floor and there was well, you know, sparks and electrician rigging stuff. And you know what, we spent a lot of morning just you know, like introduce yourself to people, say their name and ask them if they want a tea. So I did that and I was making tea and coffee for the first like one or two hours and then the cables have gone off the floor. And then someone's like, look, yeah, we need the wet down. I was like, what's the wet down? I was like, here's a bucket, here's a mop. Don't care how you do it. Uh, there's like four of us spread all this water as much as you can around this big area. So yeah, we spent like an hour doing that. And then I just remember sparking and the lights just coming on. And, mm-hmm. you know, the floor starts lighting up and then... Yeah, it was shimmering. A couple yeah. of hours later, yeah, shit. I was like, wow, this is sick. What was that? And I was like... <laughs> You know, I did I remember the dancers coming on to the little rehearsal and then there was all these chats. I wasn't quite sure who was who at that point. And then bang, and then, you know, you see the first and I was like, Oh well, it's really cool. So yeah, and then the production manager invited me to loads of different music videos and she was doing then I thought I wanted to be a producer. So I'm like I'm always kinda of helping my friends organise. Hmm. Uh maybe I'll be a producer and then I'd like now the producers always look like they're ready to fight someone, you know, the hands falling out and then it is angry. Uh, and then I was like, you know, being a director is really cool, but that just felt so far away. But I like this guy, or this girl that's always in, you know, just seems to be commanding the floor, you know what, seems to have a bit of a presence, and, you know, a little shouty, a little, a little bossy, but you just get to see everything. So I was like, you know what, I want to do that. Uh, and then, yeah, I've started to, yeah, so that's a lot of, I ran, a bit on music videos and then I think the AD couldn't make it one day and then you know the producer's like yeah you're first at this one and wow. I was just like oh oh, oh okay and then you know kind of fell into first immediate videos that way I've always wanted to do narrative I had been running on a few of them before and I, I remember uh, yeah having to do sides one day and just asking the second what are the one eight and what's their what's all these numbers on the side and this is what yeah. they taught me about pages then they told me to go and get a uh, meeting magic scheduling if i want to you know first you've got to be able to schedule and i think one of the first shorts i'd done 
was an alien. I want to know if it was called Cupid's. Uh, I can't remember the director's name. It was in this cafe. Really simple, cute film about uh, this couple meeting in, in a coffee shop. It was like a dream because it was such a simple job. Mm. Really cool director. They knew I was new, wanted someone, you know, stepping up. Mm. And they kind of allowed me to kind of, you know, get into the swing of things. Nice. Uh, and I think I found my temperament that way. But whilst I was doing that, I, you know, I ran on a, a few high end stuff. I was a stand in for Idris Elba. <laughs> and I used to walk. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm not the same skin tone. I'm not the same shape <laughs> as the guy. Uh, and you know what? It was so funny because the DP was like, look, hey, uh, your height, you're not even the same height. And the DP was like, you're not even the same skin tone. It's like, okay, yeah. cool. Like, when, when you come, can you just really come with an Apple box for you? And so I was like, oh, God. So I asked one of the gaffers. And I was one of the grips about an Apple box. And it was a running joke every day. It's like, what? You need your legs. You need your extra legs. <laughs> Um, so an apple so, box is just like a wooden box which people stand on yeah, yeah. looks like a yeah. thing you'd, you'd carry apples in that's all yeah <laughs> um, and then yeah I did that and then this is where I realised that oh wow the higher stuff is where I'm really going to get to learn um, I knew I'll, I'm confident enough to to first assure but this is completely different there's more people just in the lighting team than I've ever had uh, on set in my life so um, how do I get into this team? Um, and yeah, I stood up like a sore thumb. Always the only black person in the AD team. The black person was only always the director or the actors. Or maybe if there were a few black cast, they were in uh, hair and makeup. Yeah. And I just struggled to kind of bond with the AD. What I've learned is AD teams and high-end TV, everybody is absolutely running to get someone a coffee, uh, a cup of tea, and I was like, "What the hell? You just asked him to get a cup, you know? Like, oh, you asked me for a cup of tea, but another runner has has it, and they've already got the cup of tea for you yeah, by the yeah. time I've got." And I'm just like, "What the hell? He literally just asked me. Oh yeah, but I was there. Oh yeah, so can you pick that up for me? So four people are running. I was like, "What is going on? Oh yeah, mm. Stephen, you're too slow. I'm like, no, no, I'm like, you guys are just." <laughs> We've been crazy, like you know. Um, so yeah, that for me, I, I really struggled to, to bond. Uh, but a, a real interesting thing, um, amazing uh, first AD Jack Ravencroft. Uh, I mean, he's gone so much, I think, but uh, but he been wrapped and he was one of the last things that um, I watched that he had done. Uh, he allowed me to put all essays through green screen so that mm. they can, you know, um, complement later on to fill up crowd uh, so I had a little you know unit and I had only the essay that I could take essays being supporting court. actors right yeah yeah. Um, I, I could bring them all to uh, the, the set when the green screen's been set up and the director was like okay oh, we just done this way do that way and like a conveyor belt and I did that for like three days Amazing. and I remember the other one was looking at me like why did you Aren't she to do that? I was like, this I don't know. I got, but you know, it was fine. Like you know, it's not uh, a big deal. Yeah. Um. So what I realised was I don't want to run. I want to first, and I don't want to do the 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 this high end thing where you've got to be a runner for like ten years, then a third for ten years, yeah, and then the second or or, or for what third you get asked to do something and then now you're the first. Yeah. And I was like, I don't want to do that. So I, I 
went back and did more of an independent route. Um, and yeah, started working with so many, you know, directors on, you know, different schemes for the BFI or, you know, what they're doing, a little test shoot for their feature or, um, you know, and that was how, yeah, I kind of wiggled my way in this weird bit of a... You kind of like met Joy, right? And then... Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. And I, I, I kind of, you know, wasn't high end, you know, it was independent, but a lot of the directors that I've either done music videos for or they short three or four years ago were now just doing um, a feature. Hmm. So, yeah, my first two features, I was a second, um, and I really enjoyed it. And, and you know what? To all the first AD that haven't either been a third or a second, it's a great way just to learn what's needed for, mm. for the first. Mm. So you know what you need when you're first in. Mm. Um, yeah. Um, and it was great. With Joy, I, the first job I did was uh, White Cutter Black um, by Joseph and Sonia. Yeah, the, the first was a gentleman called Luca who went to uh, Westminster Uni. And that was a great job. You know, it was so tough on the director because he was so passionate. You know, his mum was a caterer. Hmm. Sometimes he had to open up a location. He was so busy that like, when we called rap, like you turn around 10 minutes later, he's on a chair sleeping because yeah. he'd been uh, there first and hmm. he'd had to leave last. Hmm. And I really, really admired him for that because I was like, whoa, like, bro. Even I was like, rest. Like, you know what I mean? And then obviously on set, you're like, yeah, he's he needed. Yeah. So that was kind of an eye opener. And then, yeah, shout out to Joy again for, for calling me for Blue Story. Uh, but she was like, I know you can do the job. They didn't really, you know, no one really questioned me, but they trusted Joy. I remember Damien Jones having a very quick chat. I was like, well, it's Joy. So you're the one, then you're the one. And then. It's so um, important to have someone like. Oh, yeah. Championing you. Like, on oh, the yeah, most definitely. That's what it takes most, sometimes. Totally. Otherwise, you would have just been in like that first assistant director limbo like you can limbo, do shorts yeah. but can no do features so. yeah <laughs> totally and then and then obviously our uh, rat man was directing our new story again a, a new director who's only done three things on youtube you know i'm interested because the, the, his journey and um, again is so unique like so unique but we did we did some horrible things where we would literally start shooting and setting up and then he would look over there and you can see his attention over there. <laughs> but we're shooting him. There's a console and then he's called a DP over. And then they're both like, you guys, I've got the actors back. Can we, should we shoot this? You don't watch the image, you know? It's over there, you know? <laughs> I'm like, come on, come on, guys. Like, you can't do that. I remember the Dassin throwing like a weight on the floor. It's like, Steven, they're not doing this again. Because they will walk off. And it's like they see something, and it's look, hey, we've wrecked this. We've, you know, your your gaffer's got a lighting plan. Art has, you know, made a plan to dress this area. Come on, Stephen, it's got to be over there. And then he would spend time convincing people, and then he was able to do it. So yeah, uh, we had we had a we had a fun few days where some of the things that this probably wouldn't happen or would happen on the short happened on this feature, um, but it kind of worked in its crazy madness of things. Yeah, yeah. Because so, yeah. didn't he like, that's the sort of thing, right? He, he kind of 
blew because there is no directing pathway, which is exactly what this podcast is about. And people get elevated into those positions without yep. knowing how the process runs, the most efficient way of working, and they do shit like that and they get catered yep. to because they're the decision maker. But <laughs> yep. it was there was a story, right? Didn't you like he just called people up and would just pull them in like to fill out oh, the crowd yeah. of extras so, and shit. So so <laughs> yeah, we we was, what we you know, we enjoy what so everybody's like no, everybody that comes on the set needs to get paid. So and then they obviously need to get um casted and then they need to go through costumes. But that's too empty. And that's not how it would be. He makes one phone call and yeah, the place is jammed with people that yeah, Ratman called me. And there's <laughs> we had to take people put the names down and then, you know, they had to go through like costume and he each thing is like it's got to feel real. And I'm like, you know, when I look at the take, like you, you can you just see legs running, you don't even see faces, like you yeah. can see people. Yeah. Yeah. You know, for him we just needed to feel real and, and yeah, they they if it doesn't look right or feel right, he will make one phone call. And then and then it gets filtered into the system or um, But these are the things you'd normally catch in prep, right? In prep, yeah. 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 When I'm like, how many essays? No, give me that number. I'm like, yeah, that yeah, that should be fine. Yeah. But when you're in that real space or uh, there were a few times like the, the party scene was like really interesting because he really wanted to make sure he it felt authentic and real. Uh and I remember um Sarah, my second, like, you know what? I'm, I'm seeing these emails to raps uh, about uh, essays and who they look like, and he wants to handpick them. I was like, he wants to handpick all of them. No, anybody that's got like a, a special little moment, he's like, no. See, so when he wants to look at one of them and make sure that they, they feel right and, and feel like they, they belong in this house party. So, yeah, <laughs> though, like, there were so many, there were so many little things that, yeah, I was just like, right, this is strange. But it, it was allowed to happen, and I feel like that's what gave that film a bit of that raw, an extra raw edge to it. It, 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 it must be pretty so... good. It must be quite joyous to like be front row seat at Kobe's career and then Ratman's career at the start, you know? Yeah, it's really nice because, you know what, I, I, one thing I've learned, and I think from, from those two directions especially, is they are both so pushy on story. Story, 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 and if it doesn't feel right, how did they get right? And you know what? We're both in. I'm going to cause a disruption to make sure that it's right. Yeah. Uh, and and that, not in this, not in this rough way, but no. Uh, I've actually what's great actually. I've worked with quite a few directors, especially commercial directors, that you know what? They don't even have a final say, but they're you know they're really adamant. That this is what it should be, and it's like, well, that's just going to take hours. But it's nice to see that you know what on the other side where things ain't so right and you just got to accept that's the time you've got or what you're given it's like no i want this and i'll i need to get it so get it for me and again but, yeah, with experience great, great and again with experience that comes that comes with prep yeah totally this is this, this, totally. this is where we spend the time this is where we spend the money and then we can be quicker and and, yeah. and, and glaze over that bit uh, exactly exactly and you know what i'll tell you what else i really respect for rap man simon Oh, the DP again. He was new. This was his first feature as well. Mm, mm. That was like that was tough because we're definitely the the, the holy four. Uh, I like you know shouts out to Joy. I mean, she really knows how to work with people. Like it, uh, she has a, a, that is a skill and a half. She was so so sure, so clever. When she saw that 
we were shooting things and it didn't feel quite right, she made sure that um, and Damari, um, I get you guys, yeah, we yeah. went to NFT yeah, and Damari yeah. and Kimmy, incredible, incredible editor. He will come on, he will come and he will talk to Simon and raps about, you know what, you shot me, you see, I've cut them up. But if you can see this, you can see that, that yeah, so maybe go wide out and maybe look at the frame and you know what, there, there's some inserts that I feel like you guys should be getting or some extra close-ups and he, like, you know, she really, instead of like, hey guys, this is how it needs to be done, let me give you extra professionals to come in and, and uh, you know, really help shape the way you guys work. So we're gonna, we're not going to block you guys from what we do. We're just going to carry on supporting it. Yeah. And I thought that for me was like, wow, amazing. So, yeah, I guess if we, if we do have an orthodox route in, find yourself fortunate to have a producer that can um, guide that. I think, yeah, you know, obviously now he's doing that uh, supercell, which is great, uh, yeah, you know, yeah. and a lot more, a lot more toys to play with a bigger budget and a lot longer collaborating with another director, uh, Sebastian till. Yeah. Um, yeah. He did dream whilst black. Uh, who I, who, who I did dream whilst black with. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, it, it, it's nice. Um, it's a nice journey to, to kind of, to kind of see, you know, but yeah, it, it almost for, for right and for Kobe, it just feels a bit magical how they've been able to make no. Yeah. But yeah, how? Yeah, I'm not. I'm not even. You know, it's a yeah, great podcast to kind of see what those roots are. But yeah, you know, it feels quite magical. Yeah, and with that, you're on your own pathway, which is my me being a exceptional podcast host. Um, you're on your own. <laughs> you're on your own pathway, uh, and you're 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 currently doing the Prime Video Workshop at the NFTS and and working on your own uh, short film, A Warrior's Dance, which is which is shaping up well. Last time I saw it, and um, with that, I'll just just as like a final question, how has witnessing all of this and all of your AD experience? How did you take that into into the short, and what what was the difference in pressures and, and things like this? Um, I think for me, what I really, really, really enjoyed was you know being in that in that place where you get that development, which I thought was so important for me. I mean, I always look at my AD career as my university. You know, I've worked with so many directors that I've, I do that are absolutely incredible. And I've worked with some very experienced directors that I'm like, oh my God, you're awful. So I, I, what I've really noticed is like, well, the ones that really care about story and stay quite true to what they want to create seem to have, you know what, their best ideas where the things never seem to go right, you know, because it's always for the story. So I, I really took that with me. That was one of the biggest things I've learned. Stay true to what you want to make and know the story you want to tell. And, you know, if things are going to go, you know, fits up. But, hey, that's fine. Um, I'm, I'm one of the, the other things was, I mean, collaborate. Collaborate, collaborate, collaborate. Trust your DP, trust your AD, trust your designer. Uh, know what you can fix, know what you can't fix, and try and get the best out of it. I relied heavily on my experience to make sure that, you know, I'm soaking as much of the development, as much of, you know, I, I get to, you know, I was fortunate to get to speak to you, Marcus, about, mm. you know, hey, have a look at a cut on, you know, just being as open and, I, and as, as given as, as I can be to try and sell the film. So, yeah, I've enjoyed that. And then 
I got to work with uh, the AD. And yeah, I mean, I don't even, it was funny because he's like, oh, what do you speak? And I'm like, hey, I don't, <laughs> I don't want to know. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Because he was like, no, are you sure? Do you think, do you think there was one day where I was like, actually, no, 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 let's definitely do this first. And it, and it probably wasn't the best thing to do first because I was willing to not shoot the other shots, but this is what I need. So if this takes the time. And he was like, yeah, okay, I'm down with that. And so was the DP. So, yeah, but other than that, I, I stood back and for me, I want, I was so ready to release that scheduling kind of mind and try to really, yeah, just get into the story and serve the story. So, yeah, enjoyed it so much. And, you know, again, slowly transitioning. Yeah. Um, where I'm going to take my time and, and uh, yeah, try and direct a few more shorts. I am, and then, yeah, do the whole festival circuit. Yeah, and enjoy that process. Um, yeah, man, love yeah. that. It's all going to happen, for sure. Oh, yeah. Um, oh, hopefully. We do a thing called uh, A Week in the Life, where we literally just talk about what we've done this week. Um, it's it's kind of brief, and we just, it can be as boring as fuck, to be honest, which is the whole point, because <laughs> we always see the highlight reels of what people get to on social media, their wins, and blah, 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 but actually, it's really slow in between. So, um, yeah, we're just interested to hear what you've done this week. Uh, well, so this week, my kids are on half term, uh, so I have been, yeah, with my kids for most of the week what else i mean work related i'm pitching on a documentary that's currently well currently hoping to get green at moves channel 4 i'm actually exec producing this i run a small production company so the director that i'm directing that will be directing the same documentary we've just been going back and forth just nailing the treatment um and yeah so between that and my kids, <laughs> that has that's, been that's that great, has huh? been my <laughs> that's been my week. Yeah, amazing. Well, that's that's yeah. that is what it is. How about you, Oz? What's been going down? Um, this week, this week, this week. Um, I have I've just been trying to just get stuff done, man. Just just um, build stuff, and I have been um writing as well, and I'm about to do a snippet of writing, hopefully from today. And I've got to practice a pitch for the Screen Josh Talent Lab thing that I'm on, which is tomorrow. So I'm going to be going to Sheffield and doing that. Um, for me this week, it's it's been I've been trying to squeeze in a bit of rewriting as and when I can. Um, but otherwise, I think we recorded the podcast. Um, and I've for the last couple of days, I've had like wall to wall meetings about with like HODs to crew up for the um, the short film that I'm doing with Disney and this is one of the wanky things people will see on social media, but I was at the Ant-Man premiere last night. Um, <laughs> but amongst that, there's been lots of work and long days and I'm on the verge of burnout. Um, but yeah, this, this is apparently just what happens. Um, that's, that's the first one this year. I'm sure it might even be the last bit. Yeah. Amazing. Um, um, and then the next bit, uh, Stephen, just the very last thing we do, a thing called nugget of the week where we ask everybody if there's any, if, if, if there's anything creative, it doesn't have to be film related. Uh, but something that's inspired you this week, that a, a nugget that you can share with somebody, whether it's something someone said or it's a resource or whatever it is, do you have a nugget of the week, Stephen? Yeah, you know what? Uh, well, my nugget of the week is it's really funny. Not not the nugget of the week is actually I'm reading my kid a children's book called Look Up, um, and basically it's about this uh, young guy that wants to be an astronaut. 
And yeah, it's written by um, Nathan Byron and amazing. And and oh my god, the illustrator, a guy called Dapo Adeola, and and my kid. Uh, I mean, we got a little little light we put on in the room when we're reading the books and I'm trying to get them to sleep. Or to be honest, it's more of a little playtime before they go to bed. And it's just about you know what um, believing in yourself and and it's quite well trusting your taste. And you know, this young girl wants to be an astronaut and you know is obsessed with looking up into the stars. Hmm. Um, you know, and it got me and my kids just talking about you know what they wanted to do. My daughter wanted to be a princess and. My son wanted to help people like Spider-Man. So, uh, yeah, I mean, that book just really brought out, you know, an interesting conversation I had a book. So, uh, yeah, you know, if you want some inspiration, um, sometimes some of these children's books are absolutely simple and effective to just mm. keep, I think I'll be buying that. That sounds amazing. But, yeah, well, but yeah, look up. Great book. It's really beautiful. Um, Thank you. For, for me, I... I used to be obsessed with film right I remember when I started my BA or just before like many moons ago and I hadn't even touched a camera I watched film right obsessively because I was scared of going there and having never known nothing about media at all I literally knew nothing um and I've kind of drifted off it in recent years because there's there's less to learn from it but I saw a video uh called can you write a feature film and I was like that's quite applicable to me oh, wow. and it was actually really useful because it I think it's it's more it talks about self-doubt really and that process of like when you if just getting it done that's all it's about it's like 14 minutes of him just saying just get it done and worry about it afterwards and there's lots of inspirational quotes in there um and also links to other episodes which kind of are applicable so if you want to look at sort of like structure and ways of 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 like digging deeper down the rabbit hole of writing features i think that's quite a chill one to watch yeah that's really cool amazing uh my one is uh, nice. an episode of only fools and horses from way back in the day called <laughs> chain gang and um chain gang is an ensemble uh episode with all the characters in it and the the director was tony dow and his framing of all of them was fantastic like just the way on a four by three frame how he had all four characters three characters beautifully framed beautifully blocked and really precise um yeah and i just loved the the, the language that he was using in a comedy but it had drama in it as well so only fools and horses chain gang cool so that concludes the episode um and Next week, we are going to maybe be joined by someone else. We don't know yet. We'll have to see what happens. Yeah, thank you so much again, Stephen. You've been super, super... Yeah, been great, man. Um, honestly, such a blessing. Absolutely a pleasure, Thank guys. you. Uh, so if anyone does happen to be listening, get your questions in at the director's take at outlook.com and we want you to tell us what you want to know about directing or the film industry at large and we'll do our best to tell you. We want to shape this as a resource for you so do get your questions in and reach out to us on Instagram which is the director's take podcast. And also Twitter on at director's take. Until next time, keep learning, keep failing and keep the faith.